The Beer EDU Podcast, Episode 67, Google Jamming with Kim Matina. Welcome to the Beer EDU Podcast, the podcast for educators that love to learn and share ideas with fellow educators over beers, with your hosts, Kyle Anderson and Ben Dixon. Hey, Kyle, my friend, how are you? I am doing the best that I can, Ben. How are you? I'm about the same. So, hey, this is episode 067 of the Beer EDU podcast. Uh, uh, let's see, coronavirus era recordings. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Stay at, at home this point, working, they, teaching they talk from about, home. Yeah, they talk about BC and AD or BC <laughs> and AD. So are we going to have like, is BC now going to, I mean, before coronavirus? Yeah, when you could go outside and be closer than – you could actually stand next to a person at the grocery store. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. For yeah, sure. It's, um, it is – yeah, so this is our episode. Uh, I am Ben Dixon, uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at NV. and you, my friend. I am Kyle are- Anderson, special education teacher. You can find me on Twitter at AndersonEdTech, AndersonEdTech.net for the blog andersonedtech.net for the Instagram. And then I also got to the edge edu on the Instagram to hawk my book to the edge successes and failures through risk taking available on Amazon. Uh, so check it out. If you happen to get one and you see me, I'll sign it. And if you could leave me a review on Amazon, uh, let others find the book, that would be awesome as well. So, you know, yeah. because of everything going on right now in the world and we, we joke about, you know, before coronavirus, after coronavirus, it's a perfect time for a beer. Ben, yes. what do you got? Okay, so I have uh, from shocking local brewer. It's not Sierra Nevada, but it is uh, Revision, which we've talked about quite a bit. This is not one I've had on the show. It is their Citrus Slam IPA, 6.5%, 50 IBU. Just, I mean, really a, a lot of really good citrus. Um, super excited uh, to be able to get. Um, so this... This brewery was, for a very short time, uh, doing um, home delivery. I was super excited. It is it, One of the benefits of having an, an adult child is they text you really important information, not just, hey, I need money in my account. It's, hey, this, this brewery is now doing home delivery. So I was able to get a bunch of beer delivered to my house, which I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, but since you got that delivered, now they yeah. shut that down because apparently yeah. there's a law in Nevada yes. that states that you cannot deliver alcohol unless you have a food license as well. Yes. And that is one of them that does not have a food license. I know. I was super bummed. I'm super bummed about that. Cause it really, truly, they, I, I would say these guys are starting to become uh, one of my favorites. I really, I, I think they do a solid beer. So I mean, yeah, luckily, if you like an IPA, you definitely will like that brewery because man, they yeah. do, you go to their uh, tap room and, they got 24 beers on tap and about yep. 19 of them are IPAs in some way, shape or form. And they all, and you know, the funny thing about that is all their IP, IPAs do taste a little bit different. So it's mm-hmm. pretty solid, but I mean, that's mine, but you've got something a little bit different. Yeah. I have never done this style on the show before. And yes. you've joked a few times about when we've done the learn about, are you sure we haven't done that? I'm hundred percent sure we haven't. <laughs> We have not done this one, but I had to look and see, have we done this on the show before? And then when I realized we hadn't, 
I decided to turn cider into our learn about. So yes. spoiler alert, towards the end of the episode, that's what we're going to do. But I went with a cider this time, time around. Cool. Two Town Cider House out of Corvallis, Oregon. It's called Made Marion. It's a blackberry hard cider. Okay. It's 6% alcohol. No IBU because there's no hops added to right. ciders typically. But it's got the sour and the right. tart and the dryness from the apples. But then it's got this sweetness from the blackberries on top of that. And the can, it's all locally grown in Oregon. All cool. the apples, all the blackberries. There's no added sugar. There's no other added flavors or anything. It's it's pretty much, it's all natural. And I'm telling you, this is good stuff. This is, we, we like to say lawnmower beer. This is, this is a definitely a lawnmower cider. This is good stuff right here. Cool. Yeah. I, I love cider and, and I don't, I have a, a friend of mine. Um, he does his own cider. And in fact, I think I have two or three bottles still in my fridge that he's done and they're, I, I enjoy a good cider. Yeah, I do too. And um, I, I tend to like the drier ones more. Yeah. And right. when I was doing the learn about, I learned about what makes it dry versus sweet. Ah. So I'll be sharing that. But yeah. yeah, it was just, my sister sent me on a beer run the other day, which I happily obliged because I needed to get out of the house. And well, what's better than leaving the house to go get beer? And exactly. I can't, she asked me to get her ciders and there was Angry Orchard ciders or there was yeah. this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Let's try the new stuff. So cool. got that. And uh, she was quite happy. And now I'm quite happy too. This stuff's really good. Awesome. But hey, we have a guest. Um, Kimberly Matina is joining us. I hope I said your last name right. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm awesome. so happy to be here. Right on. Um, you guys are really serious about your beer, I have to say. <laughs> so it's kind I'm of a from, thing. Like, so I'm from New Jersey, and um, like in New Jersey, they don't sell beer in like the food stores down, you know, yet. Right. Hopefully, right. one day they will. And uh, and we don't get the luxury of them delivering beer to <laughs> to you. <laughs> yeah, well, I had it. We had it for like a week, and I, I think it's gone now. <laughs> well, New Jersey, last time I knew that you you couldn't pump your own gas even. No, we don't pump our own gas. That's for sure. Like we don't. Do <laughs> <laughs> Got to go to the ABC to pick it up or whatever. I'm trying to remember when I was in New York and New Jersey where I had to go to get liquor, not no. the grocery store. No, you can't get it in a grocery store. So you have to actually go to a liquor store and get yeah. beer. Um, but like, so I usually drink Coors Light, but um, you know, I, I have a Miller Light. I'll drink Miller Light as well. And, uh, and the reason why I have a Miller Light here is because it fits in my koozie, my Yeti koozie. And I can put go. the top on and screw the top on and it fits. The Coors Light can's a little bit taller and I can't screw the little black piece into the thread on the <laughs> top of Yeti. But uh, like, so I'm reading my label here, my Miller Light label. You guys, uh, you guys are putting me to shame here. I have a 12 ounce can. There we go. Okay, so first of all, in New Jersey, we don't read the labels. We just drink them. <laughs> <laughs> but since you guys are all into this, you know, specific yep. about your beer here. All right, I got 4.2% alcohol. Okay. 96 calories. 3.2 carbs. Zero right. grams of fat. And less than one gram of protein. Oh, there we go. And it is from... Milwaukee, USA. There we go, yeah. Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Classic so, American. 
I will That's... say this was the first time we've ever actually gotten in the nutrition information on the beer. <laughs> well, I can't, like, I can't contribute any more than that. You guys are talking about cider and, and you know, dryness and sweetness. Yeah. This is all I have. So <laughs> I'll well, do the best I can. <laughs> I 100% understand your dilemma with the Yeti koozie uh, liner because I have one of those as well. And yeah. you're right. Some of the cans, if they're the taller, skinnier ones, they don't fit. And then I have found that I cannot screw on the top when I'm drinking Sierra Nevada bottles, Ben, because uh -huh. they're a little bit wider and you can't, you can't get that thing. So it, it'll stay in there snug. So you don't have to screw it on, but you can't screw that thing on top uh -huh. of the bottle if you put it in there. Yeah. See, I just, I just pour mine in straight into my Yeti coffee cup, which is my own, which is literally the glass I use all day. So that's, you know. Oh, I have a rocks glass, a Yeti rocks glass too. that in the morning it's for my coffee because it yeah, keeps see, it hot for like three hours. Yeah, Mine I use, yeah, yeah, I have my Yeti one goes for coffee in the morning, maybe some tea, then it's water, and then it, I can fill it with beer. See, it's a, yeah. one cup. Well, it's a multi-purpose cup. There we go. That's all I need. You that know, sounds like one of those infomercials where it's like, <laughs> look at the, it's the four-in-one cup. <laughs> well, well I actually have, I have a, a coffee Yeti that I use yep. every day. When I was driving to work, I would, I would drink it along the, the commute to go to work. And, and then my son, he actually bought me the Yeti koozie to put mm -hmm. the can in or the beer bottle in or the bottle in. And he had it engraved for me. Ooh. So I use it all the time. Like, I love it. I use it all the time. And then one time he says to me, you know, mom, I never see you wear, you never see you use your koozie. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I always use my koozie. So now I always have to like show it to him that, hey, <laughs> koozie, here it is, you know, take a picture of it while I'm drinking my beer and send it to him because, you know, <laughs> well, I, there we I go. always use the koozie. I take it with me on vacation and everything. <laughs> Yeah, that thing, uh, camping the summer, that thing goes with me everywhere. So, yeah. hey, those well, are not cheap. They're not cheap, so we might as well use them. And, like, if anybody from Yeti's listening, you could definitely send us some free ones. And just he saying. got it engraved for me. Yeah, that's legit. He, yeah, it's definitely legit. I mean, maybe my husband, Ola, <laughs> I could show it to you, but uh, he got it engraved for me on their website. So, he, he cool. gave me money for it. Very nice. So. <laughs> Well, Kim, thanks for joining us here yes. um, during this crazy time that we're all living in right now. So when you are not working from home and trying to survive isolation, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in education. Well, I am um, a, a full-time technology teacher in a middle school in New Jersey. I teach seventh mm -hmm. and eighth, uh, eighth grade technology at the Galloway Township Middle School in New Jersey. I'm married. I have two wonderful adult children. Um, I'm also a Google certified trainer and educator, um, as well as a gold product expert for the Google for Education team and the Jamboard team, which means I um, help support their um, online forums. Um, so if someone has a problem, they post it in the forum. Okay. And I'm one of the people that answers and replies to them and helps them solve their problem. Oh. So that's amongst you know many other hats that I wear but um you know and then I have my own show I do the sweet talk um which is a show about helping educators use technology effectively in the classroom uh it's geared for Google for education but obviously it's not limited to that um I've done shows 
about computer science education, um, mm -hmm. you know, kindness, um, you know, well-being, self-care. So it really doesn't, um, you know, it's not, it's heavily based toward Google for Education, but obviously the topics are not limited to that. And uh, I try to do that because I want to pay it forward to help other people use tech in the classroom um, because we're teaching students today. Um, you know, they're, they're the digital generation and we mm -hmm. need to have skills to teach them so that they can excel and innovate when they finish school. So I just feel like it's like paying it forward. That's my motto. Awesome. So given our, our new normal right now, do you find, are you finding like people are reaching out to you even more <laughs> during this time? Yeah, I mean, I'm really overwhelmed. Um, I'm just trying to take one day yeah. at a time, one one person at a time and help them out, like um, really focusing on um, my school and staff and people in my district. Um, they're calling me, emailing me, you know, messaging me on Twitter, and things along those lines. So I'm doing the best I can. Um, but yeah, I mean, in a normal world without remote learning, I mean, mm -hmm. I would help people in the forum every single day um and and now i have to limit that because i'm working you mm -hmm. know i'm working longer hours and i'm basically by the time i'm done i really need to get away from the computer right <laughs> really like i'm really uh, i need to be done like i need to refresh for the next day so I'll sure. still help people. Like I still try to help people on Facebook um, and Twitter that people are messaging me and tagging me in groups and, and everything. And even in my sweet talk Facebook group, um, there's conversations going on. Um, but like, I, I really have to focus on my staff right now and try to um, get them to where they need to be. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you put your energy into one and then you take it back and you have to take something back from somewhere mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. so you, you have to balance it out. And, and the Google for Education team, like, they're great people. Um, and, um, you know, they understand. They're, they're, they know everybody's feeling it right now. Right. Well, I think, I think you bring up a good point because this is something that, that as we move forward in this, that people are at different places. I know Kyle's been doing this distance digital learning a little longer than say my district has because we were on spring break. We just came back and it's already like, I'm trying to tell my staff, like you guys, it's, working from home is a slippery slope. You think, oh great, it's great. I'm working from home. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, my day just became 12 hours because you're like, I'm at home. So I think that's a great point. People need to like, need to step away definitely to do that yeah i i like we're on i was just figuring out like when my last day of school was and my last day of school was march it was a monday march 16th i think okay um so tuesday march 17th i didn't go to school i started working from home so i'm home two weeks right um and it, it's been like i'm fortunate i have two adult children one mm -hmm you know, one moved out, one still lives with me. I don't have to teach my own kids. Right. I'm worried. Of, I'm working from home, supporting staff and helping them. I feel bad for educators that have their own kids that they have to educate plus teach and then do all of these other things that they don't know how to do um, and expectations that they don't know 
just because everybody's in the same boat, we're trying to survive here um, and provide equity for the kids um, and, and try to do the best we can. So it's very um, overwhelming. Um, yeah, so like I'm fortunate where I don't have to um, educate my own kids, my elementary school kids or, or whatever, and then try to teach and then try to teach remotely and, and connect with all your students and prepare material. It's, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. Um, so all we can do is the best we can and mm-hmm. just take one day at a time and, um, you know, and, and just, you know, that's all we can do, you know, balance, like, and try to have self care and get out and walk and get some fresh air because I think that makes a big difference too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was never one to really check my email after hours anyway, but every now and then it would slip in and Brent Coley friend of the show, good, good friend of Ben and I both, he said at one point that nothing good ever came out of checking an email at nine o'clock at night. So, and, yes. Yeah. True. So it's, it's one of those deals where like, I I've kind of bought into that philosophy anyway, but now just these hours I am, I'm getting on my computer at 7am rolling out of bed and going straight to my computer basically I'll squeeze in a shower and maybe some food at some point. And then when my time is up at three 30, I am done. I shut the computer down. I walk away from it and I do not look at anything work related again until the next morning. I mean, I I will get on the computer and I'll do some social media stuff. I will get on and record a podcast like we're doing right now. I'm still on the computer, but I, I have to get away from the work stuff. And what I'm finding too during this time is that, I was never one to have trouble falling asleep anyway, but I am knocked out yeah. as soon as my head yeah. hits the rack. Yeah. And no, it's, I agree. Like it is. Yeah. It's it, just, weird. it's very demanding. I think that's what it is. I think it's, it's the demand, the workload. Like I was always busy, but it was like a steady busy, you know, like mm-hmm. I, can, I can schedule things and not be overwhelmed. But this is like, everyone is like, um, you know, you're getting like pulled in different directions, you're multitasking, you're always on, like there's no downtime. So I totally mm-hmm. agree. Like I get up, I have my coffee and I refuse to turn on my computer until 7.30 because I, I started to this week, like I started to actually put some makeup on and like blow dry my hair and get dressed and, um, you know, and have my coffee and breakfast, and then I'll get on the computer. Because before, like you, Kyle, I was just getting right on the computer as soon as I mm-hmm. pulled out of bed. And I'm working like 10, 11 hours, and I'm like, what? Like, what am I doing? Like, this isn't this isn't good for me because I'm not refreshed. Right. I, and I think you bring up a great point. That's, what, that's one of the things that I'm super worried about as we move, because however long this is going to go, and I think about the staff that I have, and they're like, like, so a perfect example is like, we were asked, so when this, when this post, it'll be passed from when we were doing it, but we had two days of professional development where I was asking my teachers, okay, this is what the distance learning is going to look like for our students. This is what we've been provided, go through it. And then we had individual Zoom meetings, and then you're going to contact your families. Teachers are amazing. They will, they will do, you ask them to do a, you ask them to do a hundred percent, they'll do 120%. So then I've already got teachers are like, I've already done zoom meetings with my kids. I'm already reading, doing a read aloud. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's awesome. But, but 
you gotta slow down because your day is going to expand before you know it. And I think you're exactly right. It's like, I was joking with my wife who is a, also a principal and um, we were joking about this when we were, got up and made coffee and everything. And I said, I think, I feel like I should get in my car and drive around the block and then come inside. Cause then I can pretend like I'm at work. Like I need some sort of reset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I took the commute to work, like my time to drink my coffee mm-hmm. and like kind of like chill and, you know, get ready for the day. Right. Now it's just like, boom, I'm jumping right in. That's why like, I just started to, you know, I blew dry my hair this week. I started to put a little makeup on just because it feels like I feel better. I don't feel like a slob. And then like, I feel like, okay, I look a little bit better. I must feel a little bit better. Like it kind of brings your spirits up a little bit. Right. Um, But you know, everybody has to find their own niche. This is new. It is. Yeah. And what I found too, is that I'm sleeping better because I am so exhausted at the end of the day. I, I'm I haven't woke up without with an alarm now in a couple of weeks. I haven't had mm-hmm. to set an alarm because I've been sleeping so much better. And when I do get up, I just feel that much better when I am getting up because it's a natural wake up instead of yeah. just the eh, 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 yeah. of the alarm yeah. or whatever yeah. it is that's getting you out of bed. And it I can get up more slowly, I can not as abruptly, and then I can get the coffee and then I can get going and then I get on the computer and, you know, my, honestly, the first thing I check, I don't even go to my email first. I go to my Flipgrid because I've been posting a topic at the beginning of each week where just having the kids, just as a way for the kids to check in, right. Hey, how's it going? What's going on? Are you losing your mind? If you are, let's talk about it. Just one of those things. And it's really cool. First thing in the morning I go on, I'll see some mornings there isn't any, but some mornings there's three or four kids have come on Flipgrid, left me a video. And then I watch all of them. I respond to them and then I go in and check my email That's and cool. get going into the day. It's, it's, a, it's a nice routine, but at the same time though, I, I just sit here. I sit here for hours on end. I finally, I moved my office quote unquote from my mom and dad's kitchen table. Cause I'm staying with them while all this is going down. I moved it into the bedroom. I got kind of like a little office and then I've got an office with a view into their front yard and I can watch cars go by, but it's not the same as, <laughs> it's <laughs> I not feel the like same my grandpa. Go- yeah, no, it's, it, that is the thing I miss. Like as part of my job, I was, my, my staff would joke, you're never in your office. You're always in classrooms. I'm like, cause I have horrible ADD. And now I'm like, oh, I'm literally stuck in my house. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I just, I went for a walk for like 45 minutes before yeah. this, this show came on today because it's just like, I can't watch TV anymore. And, um, you know, it clears your mind. You listen to music right? and you get into a zone and it, you know, it's okay. You can, you can take the time to do that, you know? Right. So, so Kimberly, what, what are you finding like in your position? Like as, as we move into this new, we're moving into just like, we're truly all doing distance learning and remote learning and everything. What are you finding? Like, what are people asking you the most questions about or, or or what are you finding people are using well I have to tell you um so in I am the only me in my school like so when I say I'm a technology teacher I I push tech into the classes so I align mm-hmm. technology lessons with the classroom teacher so I work with them mm-hmm. I support them I am the Google administrator 
And so that comes along with a whole nother role with student accounts and different things along those lines. Um, and any ed tech, ed tech assistance that they need, it's me. So I don't have a schedule per se. So me, my job for them right now is because some of them are tech savvy, some aren't. So what I'm doing for them is getting them digitally ready to use certain tools and applications for remote learning. So I'm giving them, I'm providing, um, I call them Tech Byte PD sessions every day, sometimes twice a day. And I'm giving them um, professional development over Zoom on using like uh, Google Forms, um, Screencastify, uh, Flipgrid, um, Jamboard I did today. Um, and I did like, a, like I split some up because it's too much. Like some, you know, you can't go and give them so much information. You have to chunk it. So I did like Screencastify part two today. Um, and you know, I have a whole schedule and I'm doing that by the week. <laughs> so this week I have my schedule made up. I'm going to be doing Google forms and different, you know, Jamboard, Screencastify, Flipgrid, and then annotations on PDF files. And then on Friday, I will make my schedule for the following week. And people are telling me that they want Google Classroom because I have teachers that don't use Google Classroom. Um, they need tools to help them record their lessons. So there's, that's where I have Flipgrid and Screencastify. Um, they need tools to get information. So I'm using Google Forms today. Uh, the, yesterday I did Google Forms. Um, um, you know, just documentation on Zoom, <laughs> giving them best tips on how to keep the session secure. Um, and of course, uh, you know, some teachers are asking me, how can I um, use uh, what app can I use to like draw or show work while I'm explaining um, a topic? And of course I tell them Jamboard. So the neat that there, I'm sorry I'm, if I'm rambling, but it's like all, it's everything, you know? Oh yeah, that makes It's everything. Like I'm just trying to give people the basics so that they can get started and have their materials out there for the kids. And, um, my my in my mind the tools would be um you know like i said google classroom google forms um screencastify those are the top three and then i have flipgrid and i think i'm even doing a wakelet uh session as well so you know some of these tools can be used for them to curate information and then put it in classroom for the kids to access now you it's, mentioned it's jamboard a couple different times throughout here. And I, I'm ashamed to say this almost. I, I've heard of this tool. And I know Matt Miller and Casey Bell talk about it a lot on the Google Teacher podcast. And I, I, I'm familiar with what the basics are behind it, but I honestly don't know a lot about Jamboard. I've never really had the chance to toy around with it. So, and because you've mentioned it a couple times now, I'd love to hear your take on what Jamboard is and, and how people are using it in the standard classroom and then now with the distance learning, I'd love to kind of hear some of your ideas. 
Well, I'm glad to, to uh, you know, explain it to you. I love Jamboard. Anybody that knows me knows that I love Jamboard. Um, Jamboard is a free app that you can download to your mobile device, download it from the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, and uh, you can use it on your mobile device or you can use it and access it from the drive. So Jamboard, first of all, has to be enabled in your uh, school's domain. All right, it's part of the G Suite bundle. Uh, if your administrator doesn't enable it, you don't have access to Jamboard. Um, so Jamboard is an app that is used within the G Suite and it can be integrated with Google Classroom. Um, it can be shared just like any other Google, Google file type out there, um, like a Google Slide or Google Doc. It's the same sharing permissions. Um, and everything that you do with Jamboard is saved into your drive, okay? Um, so Jamboard's a big giant white space. It's a big giant whiteboard. That's what it is. Okay. I call it a big think tank, okay? And you can write on it. You can put post-it notes on it. You can change the background of it to have a different type of uh, pattern, like a graph paper pattern or... Mm -hmm. uh, line paper pattern. Um, you can insert images in it. You can um, insert stickers. You can insert content from your drive. Um, it all depends on what your need is. Um, but it's a big giant whiteboard. And we know um, teachers, you know, they have the best imagination and creativity. So if you give them a whiteboard, they're just going to run with it, right? They're going to use it and they're going to run with it and make it to what they need it to be. Um, so, you know, Jamboard, um, people, some people get uh, a little bit confused because they think of the hardware. Um, there's a Jamboard kiosk, which is the hardware um, that costs a lot of money. And that hardware um, is uh, separate. You can still use Jamboard, the app or the web version. You don't need the kiosk board to use the application. Um, so that's one thing that people need to understand about Jamboard. Um, another thing people need to understand about Jamboard is um, when you download the app, either to your mobile device or to your um, your Chromebook, it has to be uh, Android app ready. Um, the app works the best. It has the most functionality um, and um, you're gonna be able to uh, do a little bit more with the app than you can with the web version. There's a little bit difference. Um, but the functionality and the, and the productivity of the app is still the same, okay? So um, like for example, in the, um, in the app, um, there's something called assistive jarring tools. And if I actually write the word hello, um, it's gonna take my handwriting and write that out onto the whiteboard. So it would take that word and convert it into um, typed text. Oh, okay, so that's handwriting recognition basically. Yeah, so it has that and the web version doesn't have that. Um, so little things like that, um, but like I said, you could still use it. It's, it's a productivity tool. Um, and what I like to do is, and it, and like, I would love to share my screen with you, but obviously I can't, it's a podcast because <laughs> it's a visual tool, but what, I'll tell you a, a couple of things, how you can 
use it for remote learning now, um, you can integrate Jamboard with Google Classroom. So in Google Classroom, you can create an assignment and um, you can um, attach a Jamboard to the assignment and make a copy for each student, just like it was if it was a Google Doc or a Google Slide. Um, you can do that. Um, you can also attach um, a jam so that all the students collaborate on the jam at the same time. So the sharing permissions are the same, um, but it, it integrates very nicely with Jamboard, with Google Classroom. Um, and if, as for a teacher, if you wanted to create like a digital, um, a digital lesson or a digital notebook of your lesson and have like a reference or formula sheet in Jamboard, you can create that in there, and then you can send that out to the students as view only in Google Classroom. And that way the kids have a digital copy of your reference sheet or formula sheet in that assignment. So, you know, it, you have to think out of the box when you're thinking about Jamboard because it is a big giant whiteboard. Oh, that's, that's super cool. Cause I think that is one of the things that I know in talking to staff right now, as we move through this, how do you share things? How do you make sure kids have all that stuff? So it sounds like that's, that's a, that's a super useful tool. Yeah. And the, and the one thing that, so in classroom, you like, I'm, I'm telling you, you can app smash it, right? So you can app smash Jamboard with classroom. One thing that um, in, in classroom, when you create an assignment, when students want to create a document within the assignment, Jamboard's not listed there in the drop down. So I think um, only like Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Slides, and a Google Drawing might be um, the four options. And it could be forms, I don't know. Um, but Jamboard's not an option in the Create button of an assignment in Google Classroom. So the kids would have to actually go to Google Drive and um, go to um, New and then scroll down to more and then they would see Jamboard as um, an option to create a new jam from the menu in Drive and they would have to create their their jam and um, when they're done then they can add that jam to the assignment in Google Classroom. They just can't create a new jam within the assignment in Classroom. I downloaded it as you were talking about it and it was just kind of toying around with it on my phone as you were talking here. And a couple of things I noticed about it was it, it reminded me a little bit of Padlet where everybody freaked out a couple of years ago and Padlet went paid. What am I going to do now? And the first thought when I'm, I was looking at it, because there's the sticky notes option and there's the image option and the writing option right away. I thought this is a free version of Padlet right here that, that you could do. And then with the whole whiteboard feature, just having all the abilities to put those sticky notes. And then I even put one of my Google Docs on there, just kind of post it up there. And it is literally just like a digital whiteboard you'd have in your classroom where my whiteboard in my office, I have uh, with magnets on there, I have like my phone number list is on, on there. And then like the daily schedule, the bell schedule is on there just, and then I have written like phone numbers of like important office personnel that are written on the board. So I don't have to look at the phone list or anything. So you could literally do the same thing in Jamboard that I have as a, as a physical version in my office. And I, so that kind of brought to my mind, Rob Dunlop, when he was writing his book, Thrive EDU, he 
did had a whiteboard where he was writing all of his ideas down and, and took a picture of it throughout the process and all of his ideas that was going into the book. And I'm more of a digital person. So if I was to do something like that, Jamboard's going to be perfect for me. So now I start thinking about like the kids using this. This is something that whatever the topic is, say, you know, the dropping of the atomic bomb to end World War II, the kids could find images and post them on there. They could draw things on there. They could do countless things they could do with there's, this thing there's so many things that they can do in here like um they can create timelines they can i call it um they can create uh emoji story writing um they can so they can cr write a story and substitute five icons for um different words in the story and just use those icons where those words would be they can use it for concept maps and graphic organizers um there's a whole ton of stuff and it, and it supports, if you think about it, it does definitely support um, visual learners and organization. Um, it, it does also support um, the five C's of education and it gives like a platform. So like if you're in art class and you wanted to draw something, um, you know, you can find a picture that you want to draw and you can bring it into your jam and draw it, you know? So it, 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 it's really if you have to think out of the box, like K to 12, all students, Sketchnoting, like think of how big Sketchnoting is. Students can use this to Sketchnote. Now, obviously, if they're on a device that's not touchscreen um, and they're using the web version, they're gonna have to use their trackpad or their mouse. So writing something might be a little difficult for them. But if you're in high school and you have iPads and tablets and touch screens download the app because it's going to give you much more um, a better experience because you can actually draw on this touch screen whatever you want and write on there whatever you want rather than using the mouse or the trackpad that, yeah that totally makes sense like yeah i think it's just it sounds like there's so many options that people can use with it and like kyle said i i could totally see people using this and, and really kind of taken off with it. And it, I, I love the fact that it creates a document that you can then keep and you have uploaded to your Google drive or wherever you keep it. So you yeah. Have that and one other thing I wanted to say, and I know like Kyle, you use Google keep, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you were on my show like two weeks ago and you were telling me how you use it. So you can take, so another way you can app smash with Jamboard is with keep. So if you're a person that uses Google Keep and keeps all your lists or pictures or things to do in your Google Keep, you can download an image from your note in Google Keep, and then you can insert it, that into Jamboard. So you can app smash with Keep. So if you have a list and it's relevant to what you're doing on your Jam, download it as an image and put it into your Jam. Yeah, I've used that um, Keep extension for docs and slides where I have a handful of images I just keep in Google Keep because I know I'm going to use them on a regular basis. And yeah, it's easy. It's just there on the right-hand side. You open that up and then you just pull it in there and drop it. And it, it's just, it's so much quicker. And then, I, you know, toying around Jamboard here, there is that option in there for the image where you can go and find it real quick. But I mean, that's one click versus like three clicks. I mean, that's a time saver there. So now with slides and docs, it allows you just to pull the text directly in 
from from keep it doesn't allow you to do that in jamboard no you can so the app you you can actually um insert content from your drive but the web version is a little bit it's not i don't think the web version you're able to do that um you may let me see hold on a minute let me test that out because i might be wrong um if i go to jamboard hold on so in the because i get mixed up you know um you know, there's just so many things going on right so now many so things. <laughs> yeah so i can add an image on the jam through the web version and it does prompt me for um, Google Drive integration, like it'll connect to my Google Drive, but it's only given me the ability to add images. So it's not allowing me to add, um, it's not finding like doc files or slide files. They have to be image files. Okay. Yeah, because um, on the app on my phone, I was able to add a Google yeah. Doc and just put it in there. So I wasn't able to toy around with it and kind of like blow it up at all to make it a little bit bigger yeah, on the whiteboard. It's a, little, it's a little clunky, but you could do it on the app. You just have to, you just have to be patient and keep trying. You can, um, you can make it bigger so that you can see the content on the app. Um, but it, you know, it's a little, it's a little clunky. Just, just yeah. keep trying. I'm going to blame my fingers. They're really large. So it's just kind of, <laughs> it's kind of hard to do that Third. on phone sometimes because I have such big fingers. So, but and another, no. another thing that I tell people now that I discovered too is uh, you can app smash with Equatio. The Chrome oh, that, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So like if you download the Chrome extension uh, Equatio from the Chrome web store, um, you'll you'll be able to create like mathematical equations and uh you know more difficult um equations you know symbols and stuff um you can put them all into a google doc um and it inserts the equation as an image into the google doc and then you can copy the the image from the doc which is the equation and then paste it into jamboard and now you're creating um you know, like, like a, like a homework assignment or something for the kids um, so that you can distribute that homework assignment through a Google classroom, through a Google classroom assignment um, as make a copy for each student. So the, the reason why you have to put it into a Google doc is because Equatio doesn't talk to Jamboard. So you, you get the Equatio extension, mm -hmm. you put all your mathematical equations in a Google Doc and then you name the Google Doc um, whatever lesson it is or unit is and then you copy those equations into a new jam file and now you gave the kids a digital writing pad to solve the problems Oh, I could yeah. go on and on. Oh, I yeah. No, that makes it, it – it's a little <laughs> extra work doing it on the dock. But like you said, you're giving the kid now the ability to fig do all their figuring and drawing out like they would on a piece of paper in that app versus in a, in a Google Doc, you're not able to do that. And typing that out – typing out your work is cumbersome uh, with, when it comes to math. And then just a lot of the, the symboling just is not there anyway within the, the keyboard within Google Docs. So – that no, that's great that that you're able to 
transfer that over. And then, but it's also just kind of refreshing too to see that so many more apps are now becoming more math friendly because that's one of the biggest issues I've come across when I've presented different tools at conferences is you get a math teacher in there and say, Hey, how, how does this work with math? And a lot of times they weren't working with math. And that's when you'd see two feet stand up and walk out the room yeah. uh, when that would happen because, you know, great tool, great potential. But then all of a sudden, if it's not compatible with math, then why, why are you still there? So, uh, so that's good to see that that's that Jamboard's a tool that it's, um, subject agnostic you can use it across the board yeah and like i'm part of that um the text help i'm a text help titan and i'm part of that team and i told them like hey we need to get this to talk to this like we need to get this chrome extension to talk to jamboard they you know they know um they know about it um but you know it's a great extension. And if you have to put the equations in a Google doc first, it's not really like that much of a big deal. You know what I mean? It's, it's a reference sheet and then you just move it over to the jam board, but into the jam file. But I've, I've, I've voiced my opinion to them about that. Cause I think it's a huge, that would help them um, market their Chrome extension more, you know, it would be more user-friendly um, and, uh, you know, Ecratio is a great Chrome extension regardless because you can insert mathematical equations in Google Forms and Google Docs, you know, Google Slides everywhere. So it, it's, it, it, it'll, I'm sure they'll update it eventually. Um, but, you know, it has to be a priority for them, I'm sure. For sure. So now, Ben, you're Microsoft. So a lot of this is just kind of like, I'm sure. <laughs> I use it on my own. Yeah. So now I know you, so you use Microsoft Teams. Is there something that's similar to this Jamboard that can be done in Teams that you, that you know of? Mm, I don't know of anything. I mean, Kimberly, I don't know. You're, you're Google. So I don't, I don't, I haven't seen, I haven't played with Microsoft enough. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't know. Microsoft I, I, I feel like, I feel like there probably is um, because I think, in my, this is totally my opinion, but in my opinion, Microsoft is continually play, trying to catch up to what Google is presenting, especially for Google Classroom. So there probably is some sort of option, but, um, and that is one of the things that I've loved, why I use Google for my own personal stuff, like Google Keep, Kyle and I talk about that. I mean, that's, that's what I use because I think you have so many options with all these extensions that then provide other tools that you can use, so. Yeah, I'd be interested if anybody, if anybody out there knows, I mean, drop us a, drop us a line, you know, however, because I'm curious if Teams does have it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Or Microsoft, one isn't of those. Teams, isn't Teams like, like Google Meet? It is similar to Meet. I mean, there's a Teams version of like, like their Microsoft type classroom. I mean, I know a lot of teachers use it as a, it's a, to me, it's kind of a hybrid of, of, of the Google Classroom and then um, other, yeah, like Google Meet or one of those, like a, a doc sharing platform. So I really should know more about Microsoft <laughs> being as I'm in a Microsoft district, but maybe now that I'm home, I'm going to learn more about it. You can start doing some of those Microsoft Innovator Educator courses. I, you know what? I, I probably will. You know what? Because I, I don't know enough about it. So no, that's a good, that's a, that is a good question. I don't know. All I know is I have Outlook as my, um, 
my email yeah. for school. Yep. And I use the web version. So I go to office.com. I, <laughs> I yep. see my Outlook. I go right to my email. Yeah. But I do see all of the other, like, you know, I, Word. And you know, right. But I and I use, it is weird because I do, like, I do use, like, I, I will find myself flipping between applications that are basically the same application <laughs> in Google and in Microsoft. So, I mean, there's there are things that I really like. I like OneNote. I mean, I think that's a super cool tool and I'm sure I just haven't found one in Google that I like the same way, but yeah, to each is, you know, it's, there's all those different things out there. Yeah. I think you just got to find the tool that you like and works for, sure. for you and then you just use it. Like, right. right. You know, that's it. Like you have like, you know, different tools that do the same thing, like video tools. Like, mm -hmm. what do you like? What do you use? What do you right. find? easy to use and you just use it that's you know for sure yeah. Yeah. yeah i love microsoft sway and i'm in a microsoft oh, and google yeah. district and they don't have sway turned on for for student oh. access which i think is just a shame because that is such an amazing tool right there and uh, I, i'm really surprised that google has not come up with their own version of sway I, at this point yeah, I would agree with you. That is one of the tools that I definitely use with present when I work with staff and we do any sort of presentation. It's Sway because Google Slides to me is just like, eh. I mean, I don't like PowerPoint anyways. Sway, what is that? It's a it's a presentation uh, software. It's I don't know, Kyle. It's it's like the it's it's a it, lot of instead stuff. Instead of just being like a standard like Google Slides or PowerPoint presentation, it it focuses more on imagery and video yeah. clips and then you add a little bit of text to enhance that versus the other ones tend to be most people's mindset is you use the text to enhance and then enhance with images and i mean they almost come out like mini Kinda websites like adobe, like adobe spark yeah it, very yes. similar yes. yes yes that's a good way to, to compare it so you know it's an absolutely great tool and again i'm in a microsoft and google district i have access to it myself but the student, it's not turned on for students, right. which is kind of disappointing. So it's super cool. I, it's like I don't know if people, if you've ever used Haiku Deck, because I, when I would do presentations, I didn't, I don't like PowerPoint. Um, I don't like Google Slides because I just, I'm like, I don't want to sit and show people 72 slides. And Haiku Deck was always designed to show just images to tell your story, and then you would use that that image, and then you would in a presentation do the the explanation and the talking. And I think Sway is kind of a combination of those two, in my opinion. Interesting. Interesting. See, you learn something new every day. Absolutely. And there we um, go. And you coming on and talking to us about Jamboard and some of the tools you're using. We can't thank yeah. you enough for joining us today. Yeah. This has been yeah. absolutely amazing and just eye-opening. Thank you yeah. for having me. I love no. Jamboard and uh, I, I'll talk about Jamboard, you know, forever. Um, I could show you like things that I've done with Jamboard. I actually, like, I'm very fortunate. I have a Jamboard in my room, an actual kiosk that I use and the students oh, wow. use it. And uh, I, 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 I can't be without it. Like it's my, it's my device, you know? Um, so it, it cool. all works so nice together. Like, um, but like I said, you don't need the actual hardware to use it. So, right. but well, anyway, I don't, well, I can, like I said, I can keep talking. <laughs> well, and people like, cause you talked about your show. So where can they find, like, if they want to like connect with you and those kind of things, where can they find you? 
So you can find me on Twitter um, at the tech lady, uh, and that's all underscores in between each word. Um, and my website is uh, the Sweet Talk. So it's uh, www.thesuitetalk.com, and um, you can subscribe to the Sweet Talk on YouTube and um, uh, uh, Podbean, po uh, Spotify, Google Play, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast as well. And you can watch any episode that, um, that I recorded. Uh, all of my episodes and show notes are available on my website. I actually just did a show yesterday. I went solo on Jamboard. Um, so I went over everything that I showed you, but obviously I shared my screen and showed my screen um, Jamboard. Uh, you can visit my website. I have a Jamboard page and um, there's uh, something in there that I created. It's called Idea Board, board for Jamboard. Um, and you can go through there and see what I have for different ideas, um, how you can use it with your kids, um, who it targets, what's your learning goal. And there's templates in there. Um, so wow. you can help yourself and, and modify it. And if you do decide to use it, um, please let me know. Share your idea with me, and I'll add your idea to my um, my idea board for Jamboard. Cool. Yeah, so we'll have all that information in our show notes for this episode. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I oh. really had fun. Good. So we'll stick around because we are going to do our Learn About segment on Cider here in a second. So Yeah. But definitely, yeah, I mean, stick around this, and then. What <laughs> is it? What is the cider? What are You'll we doing? Hear. You'll You're going to find out. Yep. So, but first, listeners, keep the yes. conversation going. Share some of your thoughts on today's topics. Email us at beeredupodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at beeredupod. Use hashtag beeredupod. Hit us up on Facebook at beeredupodcast. That's all one word. Follow us on Instagram at beeredupod. That's where we're typically doing the fun stuff. And then, again, follow Kim on Twitter at the tech lady with underscores between the tech and the you, – you know what she said. <laughs> I can't talk right now. Um, send us a voice message using the Anchor app. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes, wherever you're listening, so others can find the podcast. And Ben, if we want to have more guests on the show, how are they going to do that? Yeah, so you need to visit our website at www.beeredupodcast.com, and you can click on that contact and subscription info link and complete our guest form. And then we'd love to have you on the show, you know, talk about you know, what's going on right now with what you're doing for distance learning or what are you passionate about or you know, whatever you want to talk about. Do you want to talk about beer? Whatever you want to talk about. So definitely hit us up. We'd love to have you as a guest. And now this is the part where we're going to learn about beer. And today is learn about what is hard cider. Yeah. And like I said earlier, this was one of those ones that I can't believe we didn't do this. So that's usually you having that reaction. Wait, yes. we haven't done that. Yeah, I went back and looked, and, and believe it or not, I did the Control-F search on our spreadsheet for yep. our topics and beers, and we've only had one cider on the show, period. We had a guest that drank a cider. It was like oh. a blood orange cider at one time. Yeah, okay. So so what is this? This is, well, first of all, they call it hard cider because you got to distinguish between the alcoholic ones and the non-alcoholic ones. Right. You know, because that cider you're getting at the pumpkin patch with the donuts in the fall, okay, it's not hard cider. But if you're getting the right kind of cider, like the fresh stuff that you need to consume, if you let it sit, it'll ferment and become hard cider. 
Ah, okay. I did learn that. So, um, so cider, what it is, it's made from apples. They, they press the apples, they squeeze the juice out of it, okay. they bottle it up. So if it's just going to be the standard cider you get with your donuts, they bottle it up, they tell you drink it within a week, and then usually it's pretty cloudy because they don't filter it or anything like that. They just put it in the bottle and let it go. Juice, on the other hand, because this was something a rabbit hole I went down too. What's the difference between cider and apple juice? Yeah. Juice, they heat it up and to oh. try to, to pasteurize it. Oh, okay. It gets rid of like the cloudiness when they heat it too. And right. then they're, they're going to filter it too to get rid of like any apple pulp that's in there. So oh, that's okay. the difference between the juice and the cider. So then what happens is if to get the alcoholic versions, that's when they're going to let it ferment. So then oh. that's where the alcohol comes from. So now these are very common in the UK and Ireland. So um, in fact, one of my favorite ciders it always reminds me of this Irish bar I used to go to in Las Vegas and watch soccer. Magners, they had it on tap there. Wow. Huh. Yeah, that, that was good stuff. But yeah, so it's very common in the UK and Ireland, but the US and Canada, it's becoming more popular as well, especially in places like the Pacific Northwest where apples are uh, readily grown. Right. Now, it does vary by country, but the general rule is that the cider has to be a drink made from fermented apple juice but the percentage varies. So here in the oh. U.S., the general percentage is it has to be at least 50% apple juice in order to be considered a cider. Huh. What else would it be? Um, <laughs> other other fruit juices or other oh, okay. additives. Okay. So, okay. All right. Yep. Yeah, I'm like. So huh. now when you're looking at beer versus cider, these have a lot more sugar than a standard beer typically does, yeah. um, which is you know something to me that just sounded just – absolutely common because i mean it's basically fruit juice so right so that made a lot of sense but they they range they're all over the place though so there's not really yeah. what is a standard cider like the abv some of them can be as low as two percent but then there's some that are as high as 13 percent okay that that explains my friend brandon his definitely is on the higher end side because i drink one and i go it's just like drinking apple juice it's super healthy and then i was like oh no this is not no, no, because then you're all, <laughs> then you're a little wasted from it. Yeah, so yeah, they can be clear. They can be okay. dark brown, depending on what they're right. made out of and how they're filtering them. Any color in between, they can be very, very dry, which is the ones I prefer, or they can okay. be very, very sweet. So they're kind of all over the place in that spectrum. Kinda sound, it kind of sounds like a wine, like dry, very much so. Yeah. You know, all the different colors. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And then, so the dry ciders, those tend to come from batches of apples that tend to be more bitter to sour. And okay. in fact, some of the earliest ciders I, I found were actually made out of crab apples, huh. which um, not, as, not exactly an apple you usually want to eat. You, they're really right. tiny, but you, you don't typically want to eat those because they're so bitter. Okay. Uh, the sweet ciders come from more of the common apples you see in the grocery store, like your Fuji and your Gala and right. some of those other common varieties. Uh, so those tend to be your sweeter ones. Um, cider companies that are making these, they, they make the standard ones, just Apple, uh, but they right. have started to venture into other ones. So you get the fruit versions like pineapple, mango. I've seen watermelon cider. Oh, really? So yeah, which that one does not sound real appealing to me. So not a huge fan of watermelon no. drinks. So yeah, not a fan of watermelon beer. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. So now there are some ones out there that you've probably heard of. Um, there's Ace, there's Angry yes. Orchard. Uh, mm -hmm. Strongbow is a British one that's uh, pretty common. 
uh, Smith and Forge I've seen around. And then I mentioned Magner's, which is a mm -hmm. uh, really good Irish cider. But then you're starting to see some of these craft cideries popping up too. So uh, Titan Cider Works was one okay. that they usually would have bottles of at Tanea Creek in Las Vegas. That was a really good one. When I was in Seattle a few years ago, I remember having some from Seattle Cider Company that was good. Common Cider, which is actually not far from Reno in Auburn, California. Okay. They, uh, they make some really good ones. And then I'm going to have to check out and try to find some more of this two-town cider house because this uh, Marionberry one is really, really good. So. Ah, okay. I'll have to go look for it. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're really – the ciders are – again, they're all over the place. I, I enjoy them. Uh, they're, they're, they're good summertime beers, um, or ciders, you sh I should say. So, but they're also, some of them are really good in the wintertime too. Yeah. Right. Uh, the fall. I mean, they're, to me, they're just good all year round. <laughs> there we go. Wow. So who'd have thunk? And, and like you said, I'm like, I'm shocked we've never done this one or had anybody else have a cider. I so. don't know guys. It, it, it's just. <laughs> yeah. Just give me a beer. Just give yeah. me a beer. I'll drink it. I'll enjoy it. <laughs> Well, yeah, we've, we've talked about that on this show. I don't believe there's anything, there's no such thing as bad beer. People argue yeah. with me and I go, no, there's just ranges. It's just like yeah. pizza. Just, you can have yeah, really exactly. bad frozen pizza, but it's still pizza and I'll yeah, eat it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say, even the worst beers I've ever had, I, I, I can only think of two yeah. that I've ever poured out. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm not an IPA person, so well, I tried. There we go. Of, yeah, I tried one. I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> it's an acquired, yeah. yeah I'm an IPA guy. That, that's taste, my jam. So yeah. I, it's an acquired taste. So, so that's it. Wow. I can't, Kim, thank you so much for being on the show. No, thank you guys. Anytime. This was fun. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Awesome. So next episode coming up is going to be episode 68. Listeners, yes. thank you so much for listening and sharing your ideas. And until next time, may the malts and the hops be with you. Right on.